Hi, so welcome back to the Rethinking Trauma and Transition podcast. And this week we are talking about our inner critics, our inner bullies. So in terms of that, most of us, and I do say most of us because there are the odd low percentage of people that do not have an inner dialogue, but that's one for another debate because that concept freaks me out. People that don't have an inner dialogue is just yeah. like, how do, how, do, how do you read? How do you process information if you don't have an inner dialogue? It's just my, my brain mm, wheels for yeah. that. So your inner dialogue is that ongoing conversation that really kind of has happens in your head. It's the, it's the inner narrator of our life, of our thoughts, you know, the the re re-experiencing or reimagining of maybe key phrases, key words. And quite often it's also based on our previous experiences, Rich. So often when we are children, we experience what um adults, maybe older children, and possibly peers as well, are throwaway lines. And we kind of take those lines to heart. So for argument's sake is you do an art in school and a teacher will come up to you and go, hmm, kind of thing. And so you're instantly there going, well, I can't draw, I can't write, I um, can't paint, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that. So it's all these kind of negative connotations that we take in. And people also expect, for some bizarre reason, is like a seven-year-old to paint in Sistine Chapel, unless you're a child prodigy not many kids are going to be able to do that and so yeah we take all these problems on and then we find them deeply ingrained within ourselves we add that to the beliefs about who we are and then that adds into the identity of who then we become and the potential lives that we do leave obviously at some point we can leave these unnecessary unwanted beliefs behind and dis get rid of all these unnecessary and throwaway lines but some of them can be very much reinforced when adults say to us is for argument's sake money doesn't grow on trees money is hard to come by or um you're no good at this and you're no good at that you'll never achieve much and we those are then redefining who we can identify as and they're quite difficult to um break down as well so i think listening to you there rich what occurred to me is there are certain phrases that that maybe i that i carry from my childhood that have been said maybe in the spur of a moment that are things that are never anticipated that will have a huge impact yet maybe are things that that will color and we carry with us forevermore Mm -hmm. even though they're maybe only seconds long you know things like maybe a and i hear them sometimes as an adult being repeated by other people yeah and one of those is is things like i'm going to hear like an adult say to a child sometimes i don't like you very much and that just makes me internally wince Mm -hmm. because while it's it's not done to negate any sense of love or care it's it's not contextualized in terms of a specific behavior instead what it is 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 impacted directly on the child itself yeah, so that would cover is the whole that child's behaviour, their whole being, not just in that one instant, would you say, Ali? Because yeah, so instead of being specific to sometimes I don't like that behaviour very yeah. much, but it's linked to a specific incident. It's linked 
to a behaviour, not the child, then then that phrase when it's when it's used and that sometimes I don't like you very much, as you say, it's it's it then applies to that whole child's sense of identity. Mm -hmm. So sort of generalise across the board. Yeah, yeah. And while it might have been said very harmlessly, and it's said with without necessarily knowing or appreciating the impact, it can be carried with us for years to come. Yeah. And just that little psychological scar can't it? and people just then start ruminating, ruminating over those little thoughts. And that scar then becomes a deeper wound and deeper wound. And that neurological wiring then becomes thicker and thicker. Is it then it becomes hard to break down and um uh, get away from those thoughts and those um, sentiments that you may have about yourself or others. Yeah, and I think it, they become part, as you say, they become part of our inner belief system, the mm -hmm. things we believe to be true about ourselves. Yeah. Because we, especially when we hear them as a child, we don't have the capacity then to assess objectively whether that is true in all circumstances or whether this is true only in a moment and what the truth applies to. We are are purely able to take that at face value and apply it to everything with the, within within our experience at that given time. Yeah. And that means then that sometimes these things resurface later on. So for instance, for a long number of years, I carried a belief that I was really useless at foreign languages, that foreign languages were just almost like a, an impossibility for me because of a, a learning experience I'd had in school. Yet it wasn't until an adult that I actually discovered I actually really quite like foreign languages. I quite like the the challenge of them. Can't say I'm very good at them, but I quite like them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? and I'll I'll give it a go now. Whereas before, the thought would have sent me crippled with anxiety at the thought of it. And a lot of that is about our brains and our desire to keep us safe. And that means that what happens is that sometimes these these inner dialogues that we have these remembered phrases resurface at points where maybe we are stepping out of the normal where we mm -hmm. are maybe stretching our boundaries our capacities our learnings into new experiences and that's when these negative voices these inner critics and inner bullies come out and I'd invite you to consider that maybe their intention isn't to necessarily always negate us or make us feel less, but to keep us safe because what they're identifying as a possible threat to the stability, a threat to our safety and our well-being. So they roll out those negative phrases to, as, a, as a limiting action to get us to withdraw and pull back and keep us safe. Now, the interesting thing is that quite often these inner critics and a way to identify them and identify the source is to have a sense check internally to see whose voice is it. Because when we when we sometimes recall or these phrases come to mind, they will be re-experienced in the voice they were originally given to us in. Yeah. It won't be our voice, it'll be a voice of the original delivery. Mm -hmm. You could think of it as, um, say you're with a group of friends and everybody's obviously got a different voice. You know, I'll state the obvious here. <laughs> so with that, you you want to go off and do something that's beyond that that group of people's experiences and within that group there'll be a lot of people going you'll never be good enough to do that you're not worthy of doing that there'll be a few people going mm, are you sure you really want to be out there doing that sort of thing you might have a few people going 
good luck with that. But um, I might be here to pick up the pieces when you fail. And there'll be another group of people going, yeah, go on, go ahead. You know you can do this. You know you've got this. And it's which one of those group of voices or that particular voice do you listen to the most? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, especially if we have, you could say, a library or a battery backup of all these negative phrases, mm -hmm. our desire for safety, for well-being, for security overwhelms everything else, and these become the dominant voices. Yeah. Now, the other thing is, is that, is that these are almost like a, a time bridge for mm -hmm. us. And what that does is that when that voice is re-experienced, when that phrasing, when that that criticism is is re-experienced in a way it in in that moment we time jump back to the original hearing of it and when we time jump what we also re-experience is the emotional state that we experienced at the time of hearing that literally we re-experience that as our seven-year-old self or 11-year-old self as the as the earlier version of ourself hearing that that verbal hit for the first time yeah. and that means they can be really powerful and you mentioned earlier about keeping us safe and all that sort of stuff so we mentioned in a previous podcast is about um survival and it was the most cautious people that would not go near that um rushing bush for argument's sake because they didn't really want to know didn't want to go what's in there but the people who were braver for want of a better word would go in rush in head first and may get killed by the old saber-toothed cat so well, more cautious people then tend to breed on more and uh, we carry on carry on those traits well i think that's it isn't it in that the more cautious have a have a higher percentage survival rate than the less cautious cautious, mm -hmm. cautious especially yeah. when your environment is fraught with danger yeah you know that that means that that realistically one of the strongest urges that we have is the urge for survival and the urge for procreation mm -hmm. because we're all about continuing that that lineage there yeah. and that means that that our brains will will do anything it can to enable that possibility yeah so what's the so in terms of that emotional state if we have the possibility to time jump back to that negative state then that also means that we also have the potential to time jump back to positive states as well yeah definitely very much so and this can be where you have your what's called an inner cheerleader which is the complete opposite of your inner critic not to say your inner critic's bad because it does obviously have some uses at some points but depends okay. how harsh you're talking to yourself and with that, the inner cheerleader is very useful for yourself to say, for argument's sake, depending on, on how much of a bad mood or how much of a bad state you're in, um, you just get in bed in the morning and you go, hey, I managed to put my feet on the floor. And you give yourself a bit of praise for it on one end of things, or you've done something really amazing and you just go, you know, you've done that. So you're building that state from a previous thing, go reconnect that state to the state you might be in now and go, yeah, I could get myself into a good mood and listen to that what energy you've got to say to yourself. And I suppose from, from that, what, what strikes me is that um, when we look at things like uh, ego states and resource states, 
and we're not going to go into it in great detail here because mm -hmm. I think that's a topic worth the debate in its own right. In a way, we have these multiple facets to our personality. We have these multiple versions of ourselves. And that's why sometimes it's a bit, it might feel that something that we would normally do with great ease, it suddenly feels like the wrong version of us turns up that day. Yeah. And it just is a foobar of monumental proportions where mm -hmm. normally you would absolutely rock it out of the park and now all of a sudden it's all going just horribly wrong. Yeah. And that could be literally because the wrong version of us has turned up. The wrong part of our team, the wrong state. Yeah. Is in, it is could insane. be, for an example, it could be a very sombre moment and then you're, if a comedian decides to come out and say something really stupid and everyone's looking and going, who is this idiot? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or it could be that you normally absolutely rock it at presentations, but you you turn up to do the 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 really career defining presentation, only to discover that your inner anxious seven year old has turned up and is all of a sudden on the stage going, "Oh no, I don't want to be here." And it's as simple as as that player in your team being out of place. They're they're literally playing out playing against their strengths, and. That's something that I think probably would be worth us exploring a bit more detail at a later date, Rich, in terms of how we can start to manage those resource states and how we can start to manage those different facets so they actually work in yeah. sympathy and support of us. But it yeah. all comes back to our inner voices, our inner dialogue. It does, yeah. Um, yeah, so it'd be good to tell people about the ideas behind where it came from, that sort of stuff, about ego states, resources or parts, however people want to... Um, Look at okay, so today we just talked about your um inner dialogue, where it is and why it's useful. And we also gave you, I suppose, a, a bit of a from my standpoint, it's be gentle with your words, be careful with your yeah. words. And if you are going to going to um give feedback, then reference a specific behavior, specific mm -hmm. not an individual. Be very clear in what that applies to and what it doesn't so that you're not necessarily creating those larger judgments that we then carry for very long periods of time in our lives because these are voices that the majority of us and in fact i'd say all of us we don't need these in our head they serve no longer term purpose for us and sometimes they can prove they can prove quite limiting for us unless we learn how to evict them yeah and don't forget, children are there, and they do find all the little buttons that you haven't managed to um, resolve yourself for some reason. Mm -hmm. So, also along with that is time jumping back to a previous state that may not be as useful as it, what need in that current state. How to create your inner cheerleader. Um, and also remember that while it might feel as though you're being inundated with all these negative cycles and thoughts, the intention behind it is to keep you safe, but that doesn't mean to say you can't challenge that and go, is this true for me now? Exactly. We, yeah. have, we will always have that ability to say, well, actually, is this true for me? Does this apply? And we can have that inner conversation with our critics, with with the the inner memories and recalls of previous phrases, because we as an adult have the power to decide whether that and choose whether that applies to us. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening to today's episode. And you can find us on, say, YouTube. So leave a comment there. And 
we're also on iTunes and we would really appreciate any um, reviews and ratings as well. Please, that helps us expand our network as well. Yeah, we're on Amazon Music, we're on Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify. We're on pretty much all the major um, podcast channels now. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.